0: Well, hey there. It is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Uh, We are Rochelle and Carter. Rochelle, how you doing?
1: Say the Anything But Quiet Time podcast one more time.
0: Anything But Quiet Time podcast. It feels
1: like every time you say it, you say it a little differently every
0: time. Anything But Quiet Time podcast.
1: Now, descending.
0: Anything But Quiet Time podcast. (laughs) Mi <laughs>
1: the 20 people that actually clicked on this have already, like 19 are gone.
0: They're gone. <laughs> we know that in the moment, even though we, we it hasn't aired yet necessarily. You got
1: to mix it up to keep the children.
0: And their attention. I know. I know. You got to. Uh, It's like vacation Bible school. Uh, Hopeondemand.com, by the way, this is where the podcast lives. Of course, you might be getting us through Spotify or iHeart or your podcast app on your iPhone. Uh, Either way, we want you to know that there are more resources available at hopeondemand.com. Articles, incredible Christian artists talking about. uh, You know what? At least Strobel's on there talking about apologetics. They got way more smarter stuff than us. At HopeOnDemand.com.
1: Way to go in promoting what
0: we do. So welcome. Well, they're already here. They're already here. They're already getting a feel for it. And (laughs) that one person is still hanging on.
1: Um, This is for you.
0: I know, Rochelle, you and I have talked about uh, a lot over the years of some of that anxiety that we even get from faith. Of, uh, I mean, you've you've been open about your obsessive compulsive disorder, and, yeah. but we've both related in the fact of being scared of the rapture. Mm-hmm. I hear, I hear so many people go, "Ready for it? God come today," and I'm like, "Oh man, that would freak me out so much." <laughs> yeah, I think that
1: there's still a freaky sense about it. I'm i'm a I'm a much more well rounded person, and it's not because of the cookies. Oh, okay. I feel better about all of that. I. I think there was just a lot of stuff that was shoved down my throat when I was really young Mm. from all kinds of, I don't even know what you, because there's so many different perspectives on how it's going to look. And some people are just adamant. They know it's going to look exactly like this. Uh And Jesus himself was like, no man knows the day or the hour. So if Jesus himself doesn't even know the day or the hour, how do we know that anything John saw in his vision is going to look exactly any which way? Do you know Um, what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's a very good point. So, But
1: yeah, I I definitely have had some fear involved with that because there's a lot of stuff in Revelations that's scary sounding.
0: Well, and and I think a lot of it's well-intentioned, but yeah, when you get so many... Even vicious sounding sermons, you know, Uh, even the I'll I'll quote a quote, I'll I'll quote a quote. Turner Burn is maybe something you've heard before. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: That's the way to get people to Jesus. Right. (laughs) And knowing the compassion and love. Turn or burn. Even
0: as a believer, I've questioned that so many times of okay, am I doing enough to make sure that I'm still good? Because I think I think a lot of us that have been raised in the church may have a problem um, that you don't you hear some of these people's stories of I was in jail or I was a jerk or and then at 35 I met Jesus and everything was different. And man, I was seven. And I don't really, I couldn't tell you what my life, how bad my life was yeah. from one to six years old. And so you start to question, am I good? I, I believe in Jesus and that he's the only way, but am I good? And and especially when I mess up again, have I just, have I screwed it up? Am, am I done forever? Is he going to write me off? And I, it just was such a peaceful moment. The other day reading in Luke 17 and Jesus is talking to us about forgiveness, about what, how we should forgive one another. And he says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And we, I think we know what that's like of... Maybe it's even the roommate that's taken advantage. You know, they they say, "Hey, I, I can't pay all of it this month. You got me? I'll get you next month." Yeah, 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 I got you. And then the next month, "Hey, uh, I'm short again. You got me?" Okay, all right. Well, why'd you uh, why'd you go out to eat last night at that nice restaurant? Okay, I'll get you this. You know, and so each and every month, at least in your heart, whether you decide to to help him out every month uh, or not, forgiveness and not letting that fester. And understanding that they're, we're all in the same boat, so we are going to mess up again and again and again. And to let that go continually, even for those people that continually let us down, this says right here that we're called to forgive. Yes.
1: Now, I would go so far, and maybe you were about to go there. It's like that doesn't mean you shouldn't set boundaries for, for said friend.
0: Trust is different than forgiveness. There you go. Oh, that's okay? good. Yeah. Trust is different from forgiveness. You're not going to trust a thief with your wallet a second time. That doesn't mean that you can't love them. Okay? So it's a totally different thing. And, and I that took me some time to get there too. <laughs> but I realized in the moment, I mean, God really put it on my heart. He's not going to ask us to do something that he's not already doing. And to turn seven times in a day where we're saying, Lord... I repent. What he's saying that we say to somebody like that is you must forgive him. That means he forgives us seven times in a day when we've messed up on the same stupid thing. When guys lust continually. Oh, I'm done with that. Oh, oh, who do we have here? Um, When it's greed, when it's there is so much that we continually mess up on. And instead of being freaked out, I have to hang my hat on this because Jesus himself said it, that he's going to forgive us over and over and over again. Now, that doesn't mean that it's an excuse to, well, that means I get to do whatever I want. The Bible talks about that later. It's not a free pass. It's intentionally saying, I don't want this. I didn't mean to do that again. Well, I did, but I but I don't want it now. And I'm going to lay it down once again. And if I mess up an hour later, if I mess up three weeks later and it was a good stretch of not messing up, I well, I'm going to lay that down again. And I know that Jesus is good to forgive me. Mm-hmm. It was so peaceful. Yeah. Realizing he's asked, He's setting a standard. He What he asked of us, he has already done.
1: Yeah. I've been reading in, in uh, a book, sharing about the Torah yoke. And I know that sounds like, what? What is that?
0: That's some old school stuff.
1: Well, when you go to the Old Testament and you are reading through the books of the law that kind of share, this is what a a person who adheres to the Jewish way of life, to their culture, to the law of the letter. This is what God has established. And this is what is right. It's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of rules in the rule book. It can become overwhelming because so much emphasis gets put on certain rules. In fact, some of it got a little scrambled eggs with folks because they started attaching to those, attaching their rules, the rules to places that maybe they didn't even have business attaching. Well, the Bible says eye for an eye. Well, that's actually that was written for a judge to look at and to decide and to determine. Right. And so but. Here's, here's what's interesting. When Jesus comes into the picture, he tells us to take upon ourselves his yoke, which is easy and light. And in that moment, they would have understood, the people that he was speaking to, the burden of wanting to keep the law. I mean, Peter himself, the guy gets down on his hands and knees before Jesus after he gets this boatload of fish delivered to him miraculously By Jesus. And that's when he realizes this guy is not like normal guys. He just made fish show up and they hadn't showed up all night. (laughs) So he's like, I think you probably should stick away from me because I am not one of those guys who follows to the letter of the law. I am a sinful person. I, I haven't taken on that Torah yoke, Mm -hmm. if you will. And Jesus tells the people that are gathered around him one day, he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And what's interesting is that w- the way he shares it, when you allow Jesus to come into the situation, into the yoked situation with you, one ox carrying that yoke by himself, that is a strain and a stress on that ox. But if there are two there and they are bearing it together, then they go where they need to go faster. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is basically saying, I I want you to give me this burden and I want you to take upon you my yoke. And then you start to say, oh, when we start to find the release and peace that is filled in Scripture, I mean, we I think a lot of the times we get weighed down by Scripture. Oh, I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do that. Jesus came to free us. Yeah. And and I think I've lost that. I do. I There are times where I get so involved because... People with good intentions, even from the church, who are trying to come into the situation and say, wait, 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 we need to help be a part of the conviction process here with people when they are doing wrong, not condemning them, but convicting them and dot, 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 dot. Mm. Even still, that is the, the work of the Holy Spirit. If one comes to us and asks, what would you what would you say? That's a different situation. They're asking you for counsel, for wisdom. And even then. I beg you, pray about it before you start flippantly answering. Unless, of course, you you have assurance in your spirit that you're saying words that are are righteous yeah, yeah. and are pleasing to God. You know, we're very quick to answer sometimes and I need to just be still and listen. Because, you know, um, another way of looking at justice is, uh, is also found in this book. I think of justice in a very... <sighs> I think in the... Excuse me. And the way that it's been kind of mapped out, even for us through Hollywood, is that I want justice. Usually, can be interpreted. I want the electric chair for that guy who did me wrong.
0: Uh, that's pretty true,
1: right? And we base justice on well did they did they break the rules? Did they go against authority? Then there should be justice. Let the punishment fit the crime. In the Bible, in the New Testament, in Jesus's revelation of what he is asking of us, justice is redemption and repairing folks and i thought whoa that's kind of different than what i when i think of justice i think about okay we have a just judge one day we will all be um he, he uses the example of the goats and the sheep which is it sounds very old testament unless you work on a farm somewhere and know the difference but the difference being their little tails goats tails are flipped up so you could spot the difference between them and then you'd be able to divide them. Hmm. And he used this as an example uh, for when the farmer collects the the goats and the sheep at night, he knows how to separate them. And God says, leave this up to me as well when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, because I'm going to separate the good from the bad, too, one day. Hmm. And I, I I look at justice and think, OK, so he is just and he knows what's best. All of that is absolutely true. But do you know how much God desires all of them to come home. Yeah. Oh, I I don't think we can even fathom it because sometimes I have my antennas so wired, so up to start registering other people's sin. Those who are against what I'm preaching, those who deserve to be brought down and humbled because they don't recognize Jesus yet in this way, or or they haven't totally grabbed hold of the fact that they are living this sinful life. So I must help them because they need to be delivered. My job is not deliverer. God already did that. He filled that occupation. My job is to share good news. My job is to share love. They will know us by our love, Jesus said. We stand for what we stand for. Absolutely. I'm not talking about like swaying on your morals or your ethics here at all. I'm just saying that if true justice, uh, the way Jesus delivers it, is to redeem people, to repair that which has been broken, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. There was always, there was a balance there to where he saw hurt. He's like, I have brought healing. I want to heal. That's his view of justice. How much more should I be embracing people right now as to holding them at arm's length, which is what I find myself a lot doing, not necessarily physically. I think a lot of us are doing that with social distancing right now. Of course. I talk about spiritually holding them at arm's length because they're not quite where I feel like I am in terms of morals they 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 look at things a little differently and allow jesus to, when i embrace them because he's in me he gets to embrace them and when you are embraced by someone you have further understanding of who they are and you arrive at the point where where the holy spirit is now invited into the situation to help them in that redemption process and 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 bringing about conviction that's not my place though you know
0: can I say something that is not popular as a sermon or on Christian radio? And I would ask that you don't tune me out here because I'm going to include myself in it too. No. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> We're out of time. That's the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. I'm kidding. Please, please. this is a, You are in a safe place. You're a terrible person. <laughs> you are a terrible person and so am I. I have been watching a little bit of this documentary on Netflix called American Gospel. And I'll be flat out honest with you, they're talking about some churches that aren't talking about what Jesus talked about, the true gospel. And and even some great churches that maybe have the wrong emphasis. Mm. And so when we compare ourselves, this is kind of a personal thing too, when we compare ourselves to other people, like you're talking about, Rochelle, those that we keep at arm's length, well, I'm better than that. Well, we're no better off. We may look better, but we're no better off because who we're compared to when we get to the pearly gates is Jesus. <laughs> so we're all <laughs> terrible people. And it was such a fascinating message. There's all sorts of pastors on this um, this documentary called American Gospel that talk about when we talk about do good When it is a a sermon that is about doing good, it it turns people to either pride or despair. Mm. People that may have not raised, you know, in in a great way or don't understand the Christian thing, well, I'll never get there. Well, you know what? Jesus probably doesn't want me because I'm not good enough. Or, well, I go to church every week and I can check this off. Oh, and you want me to be obedient here? Well, yeah, of course I don't cheat on my taxes. I can check that off. And all of a sudden we think we're a pretty good person when it's not actually relationship with Jesus, we just think we're getting to heaven because of our actions. Mm. And so it's pride or despair when it's the do good message. And I thought what was so relieving about this, because obedience is, is is key, but but this is the key. One pastor on there said, before the law was written, talking about God's people with Exodus and all that, mm-hmm. and it says right there, at the, I believe right at the beginning of Exodus, you are my people. Mm. He wanted us first. And then he told us how to obey. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, all right, here's the guidelines, and then you'll be my people if you obey these Ten Commandments. No, he's, he claimed us first and said, I want you. And so that relationship is what puts us in standing with him. But obedience is a a fruit, is maybe a churchy word that you've heard. It is the results of obedience having that relationship with Jesus, in believing in that, in knowing that my salvation is set because of the faith, and now I obey because this is what he calls me to. There is so
1: much to delight in with others around us.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right now we got our negative... I don't know. Maybe it's always... Maybe I always feel this way. Uh, Just kind of see the negative in people... Um, not up front. Like, there's always something really cool, and then you get to know that person, and you're like, "Oh,
0: oh, uh, they do this. Oh,
1: you believe that. Oh, you
0: treat a server <laughs> at a restaurant like that. Okay,
1: interesting. <laughs> so now we're no longer friends. Or oh. I love you in Jesus way is what I used to say when I was a kid. Yeah, I love you I'm, in Jesus way. And Just... I'm gonna
0: back off and not call you.
1: Yeah. Uh, but see, here's what Jesus does. He delights he delights in in his people that he's chosen if he finds if he delighted himself if he finds something in us that i i'm going to i was worth dying for yeah you know it's we've talked about being worthy no i am not worthy but he makes me worthy by desiring me i'm desirable that's amazing. So can I desire others in the way he desires them? Can I delight in them? Even though we don't agree, we don't see eye to eye, even if it's a troubling thing. I know that pro-life versus uh, pro-choice has just this huge weight attached to it ethically because it's involving life and death. Right. And so, therefore, a lot of us, just because we are so passionate, feel this way that it distorts the way we respond to people. We forget that people are still people. We no longer delight in them at all. And they're just the enemy now because they're on the opposite side of where I'm at. God, give me, teach me. How how can I see with your eyes? How can I delight in people? And I, I want to do that um, with, with within the walls of my own home, because I think sometimes we are thinking only on the outside of our faith. No, this is my brothers and sisters in the Lord, because a lot of us don't agree. That's why church is split, unfortunately. True. And we've not found that way to delight. We've, we've lost our way in, in delighting first in God so that we can find our way in delighting in others, even when it costs us, because it can be frustrating. Absolutely. I can't believe I did that, you know, that uh-huh. I, I was taking a walk last night with my husband and. This is just how silly we're walking uh, because it's 2020. We're social distancing. If you're listening to this in the future, you remember this. This was the year that went down in infamy.
0: Do you remember <sighs> when we used to wipe down our groceries?
1: <laughs> or leave the boxes from Amazon a couple <laughs> days outside first. So we're socially distancing as we're walking around the block, which means we're no longer sharing the sidewalk with neighbors. If we see them coming, we're going to move to the side so that, you know, respecting each other's space yep. and their health at, at, at the same time. And a lot of the times people are very cordial. They'll give a little wave and they'll move an equal amount as we will move an equal amount. But then there are those that you pass by. They don't even look up. They stay right on the sidewalk. They're going to force you into the grass. They don't even care. And I was starting to get a little bit incensed about it. And I said, look, I know I'm supposed to be serving people. I know that is what Jesus tells me. I'm to be a servant. He, quote, debased himself. He washed the feet of his nasty. I mean, can you imagine the calluses and the grime? Gross. He washed their feet. I can move out of the way. And my husband, he brought up this excellent point as well to, to help with the focus of that. We don't do this for them either. I mean, we do, but we don't, if, if they don't acknowledge it at all, I mean, th- at the end of the day, we do this to serve our king. Mm. Like, oh, that's good. So yeah, I'm to serve others, but how do, I, how do I love God by loving others? And how does loving others do good for God? It blesses him. So I'm doing it for him ultimately, you know?
0: When you talk about, that um i don't know if that'd be called a parable or not but the goats and the sheep yeah and god will separate those from the good from the bad Mm -hmm. trying to remember that we were all bad and the only thing that makes those sheep good is that they know the shepherd Mm -hmm. and that i could be a goat just as just as easily because when we compare people to not being good enough, I've got to remember that I'm there too. And so I. what you're saying is to still love people, even when we just get so irked by them. Mm-hmm. But they can be good because all it takes is a relationship. Yeah, That's literally the thing that will get them to heaven is a relationship with Jesus. So even afterwards, if you think they still haven't cleaned up their act enough— they are good and righteous in God's eyes when they have that authentic relationship with Jesus. And so if we can get past the comparison of good or bad or, or what I think they should be doing, that means there's going to be more sheep than goats, hopefully, than we had anticipated.
1: I think when I start looking at the parables that Jesus shared and reading about the speculation uh, and hypocrisy of the Pharisees as my own reaction, oh yeah, that's when I start to— unlock some ugly, Mm -hmm. but I also recognize that it's true that I can, in fact, be a modern day Pharisee that I have. And by the way, that's so mean because there were really good Pharisees. I mean, Nicodemus was one of them, Joseph of Arimathea. there, There are examples of the Bible where they were good guys. But so it's, oh, you're a Pharisee. We've branded this entire group of people who studied the Bible, the You're scriptures before to. You're a podcast
0: host. Hey, you are a podcast host. It's
1: kind of got like a negative connotation in in terms of Christian circles, that's for sure. But um, I am that person who the other parable about the two men who are at the temple. And one of them saying, I'm so glad that I'm not like others, like that person over there who is definitely a sinner and he's done all this bad stuff. And I keep the I do the sacrifice right and I do the offering right and I do everything right. And then the other guy is just he can't even get his face out of his hands because he's so humbled by what he's done. I just always you're like what a crazy guy. The first guy is obviously the second guy has got this humbled heart before god he's like i am i don't even deserve what you have to offer i'm a horrible person but i acknowledge my sin and jesus was like clearly who prayed the best prayer right it's the one who humbled himself but if i'm really honest how many times have i looked at others maybe not quote in prayer but if if breathing is like prayer time with god we're always to be connected with him day and night we're connected because his spirit is in me he hears it he hears it and it's like oh Okay, that's not like incense going up to me. It doesn't smell fragrant in my nostrils, Rochelle. Mm. You're the guy that I talked about in that parable right now. And that's that hurts. It stings, but it's true. And so if we can look at these stories from both sides, the the side where we came to first know Jesus and grab hold of his the hem of his garment and say, help. Yes, that's awesome. But I also have to recognize those moments in my life where I am the person accusing others. As not being as good as me. You didn't walk off the sidewalk as much as I did. You're not as good a person as me. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, uh. That comes from the pit of hell. Well, you think about it.
0: <laughs> you think about it to a, to a, to a, what makes me think about to today's equivalent of that in my mind right now, mm-hmm. a tax collector that everybody hated and, uh, he would, I, I, I would assume keep, doing the tax collecting even though he's asking forgiveness for his sins you think about that driver on the road that is just a jerk Mm. will tail you will honk at you will give you gestures i did it one time carter well you have a problem but (laughs) that person may get home that night and say god forgive me for the way that i drive Mm -hmm. and that sincere thing, and here I am writing that person off, "Eh, that's just the way that you are. You know, you're a jerk, and I'm better than you. You know, when have you ever been to church? Mm -hmm. I go to church every Sunday, at least in my mind. I may not say this out loud. Or maybe I will. I don't know. But that is maybe the equivalent that's coming to my mind right now, that the repeated offender and coming back to God at the end of the day going, God, forgive me. I don't know why I continue to make these mistakes. Yeah. And God is saying, you are right with me.
1: Mm. You know, that happened. Not exactly that way, but my dad and my mom, they, they've they been uh, registering out a lane at the YMCA. You, you can get a swimming lane. Oh, nice. And you have to schedule it. And my mom and dad had, you know, their every other lane scheduled. But there was a dude in my mom's lane. And my dad had already jumped in and gotten in there a little bit before her. She came out of the locker room and she's like, oh. And this guy was purposefully avoiding the lifeguards who were trying to get his attention. Like, dude, you're not on the schedule right now. (laughs) And then finally, one of them came around with their like little red Baywatch thingy, you know, that floats and kind of tapped him on the shoulder. And boy, did he lash out, slams the water with his hand. What do you think you're doing? Then he starts calling out other people in the lanes. I bet they don't have scheduled time. And then he points at my dad. And my dad's like, you shouldn't have done that. Yes, sir. I have a scheduled time. And you're in my wife's lane. And finally, guy gets out of the lane. My mom is able to finally swim. And he goes off in a huff to, I don't know, there's a secondary pool. My dad's fighting the emotions. and I'm very much wired the same way he is. Very sensitive. Because even though you're frustrated... You're also like, God, I want to be a good example for your kingdom. And he knew he was he was upset with that dude. Yeah. So he's like, Holy Spirit, what you got for me? Do you need me to go talk to that guy? Holy Spirit says, offer him 15 minutes in your lane. The last 15. Okay. So (laughs) gets out, goes over to the pool, goes up straight to the guy and said, sir, you are welcome to the last 15 minutes in my lane. And the guy looks at him and says, man. It's all right. I'm sorry. I was in the wrong. Wow. You have no idea what went on in that guy's mind because, you know, at the very beginning, you're angry. He's the bully. He's the guy in the playground that gets his way and pushes kids off the swing. But, you know, at the after school special, we see at home behind the curtain, the bully is being bullied himself by his own dad or or whatever the situation is. We don't know the people's story. Right. So I, there is a chance for everybody there. Redemption. If Jesus didn't think there was a chance for everyone. I don't think he would have thought that this was the plan. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. he would have said there's a different way because I want everybody to have a chance. There, this has to be a be all end all kind of plan and so that's why he's made it so simple and i think even with this simplicity that's might be one of the reasons why people have difficulty receiving it it's like no this is too easy just for me to say i'm in that's right. how i grab hold of the gift for God, starters i, you I know?
0: believe it and i know jesus is the only way and i believe that and yeah. please forgive me like that's it
1: yeah, I would but I would strongly question Carter if there was some sort of loophole or if there was some sort of instance where he thought it couldn't reach bully number 1, bully number 2 and bully number 3, I think our perfect God who can see from beginning to end in one glance like that. Um he would have come up with a different plan mm. to make sure that they bully number 1 and bully number 2 could could receive his perfect gift of redemption. That's just my thought.
0: Well, bully bully for that thought. Oh I, I love this. This has been a very relieving conversation. I hope that for you too, even though I called you a terrible person. <laughs> um, We love you. And thank you for spending time with us here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast.